welcome to another episode of Locked on Tigers. It is Tuesday, March 26, 2019, and I am your host, Chris Brown. And today we're going to talk a little bit about yesterday's game between the Tigers and the Tigers Futures Club, which was a team made up of Tigers prospects. I'm going to do an incredibly basic explanation for the stat wins above replacement, or war. And then I'm going to talk a little bit deeper about a particular prospect in the Tiger system because I uh, received a question on him. Uh, But yeah, first I just want to remind you to go ahead and subscribe to Locked on Tigers and any of the other Locked on Network shows on the new podcasting app Himalaya or on Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts or on Spotify. And of course, be sure to tell your smart devices to play the podcast Locked on Tigers. Uh, before we get into today, I want to talk, I've made a couple errors yesterday. This is what happens when you're playing ball. Uh, I said disabled list once instead of injured list. And this is going to be a tough one for me to kick. You know, baseball just changed that from disabled list to injured list. And when I was talking about players signing extensions, I think I mentioned Verlander didn't get an extension and he very clearly did. That was my mistake. I think I did the incorrect search on MLB trade rumors, and that cost me. But yeah, the Astros signed Verlander to a two-year, $66 million extension, which will cover the two years following this season. Uh, And that's a ton of money for an aging pitcher, but if you're going to pay an aging pitcher like that, then it should probably be Verlander. Uh, He was as good as he's ever been last year. Now, onto the show. So yeah, the Tigers beat their organizational brothers of the Tigers Futures Club 9-1 to in an internecine battle that was basically uh, over by the third inning. It's one game, and no one should draw any conclusions from it, but we might as well discuss it from both sides. So on the Tigers side, we had Spencer Turnbull starting and we talked about him uh, a couple weeks ago how he's been pitching well and he was outstanding again. Now he did what you would expect of an MLB ready pitcher when faced with a bunch of uh, prospects, but he's also a millennial so let's go ahead and give him credit for doing what he's supposed to. Uh, But yes, he struck out eight over five scoreless innings and he gave up just three hits and two walks. There wasn't any TV or radio coverage of the game, but Adam Adam Dubbin from Bless You Boys, by the way, go follow Adam on Twitter at A-D-A-M-D-U-B-B-I-N. Adam did a great job live tweeting the action and I also stumbled across some audio from this particular civil war and I'm gonna try to play it for you now bear with me because this is the first time I'm trying to cut in some audio like this and I might not really know what I'm doing so uh yeah hello mother I write to you from Lakeland where the heat is oppressive and the kinship I once felt with my brethren has frayed completely. Today we took up arms against one another. For what purpose, I cannot say. But know that we took great losses, mother. The enemy commander is a buxom man they call Gardy. To me he seems a buffoon, and he smells of John Barnicorn, but he owns the respect of his charges. Today they rallied behind a fearsome warrior named Red Bull, a hard case who threw hornets past our ears. He sent eight of us to go boil our shirts, and mother, I'm sad to say I was among them. You didn't raise a peaked man, mother. I've been through the mill, and I came back at him with all I have. A single, right past his bread box. And you didn't raise a thief either, mother, but damned if I didn't steal a base. It was all for naught, I'm afraid. Our boys fought valiantly, but fruitlessly. We were fifteen fresh fish, not prepared for battle we were forced to absquatulate 18 times. I myself was forced to light out three times. The only solace to find was the gentle breeze produced by all that whiffing. Also, Mikey Matuk hit a dinger. Brock Deathridge, March 25th, 2019. Boy, what a dark time in our nation's past.
Anyway, Adam had Turnbull sitting in the mid-90s with his fastball and mixing in some good breaking balls and generally basically owning the youngsters from the Tigers' futures team. He had those eight strikeouts, and then Joe Jimenez struck out the side, though not before walking Cody Clemens and giving up an RBI double to Cody Eves. So let's hear it for the Cody's. Uh, for the futures' only run of the game, Shane Green came in for the next inning and struck out the side, and then Nick Ramirez struck out the side in eighth. And Ramirez is kind of an interesting story. The Brewers drafted him in the fourth round back in 2011 as a first baseman, and he spent the first six years of pro ball as a hitter before converting to pitching in 2017. He was a closer in college, so this isn't like a huge change for him, but he's also not, you know, some guy out there pumping 99 miles an hour. I think he basically throws about 90-91. It's probably not great when a guy who had 18 strikeouts and 38 AAA innings last year mows down your top prospects. So yeah, in all, Tigers prospects struck out 18 times, and I'll go ahead and say that's not ideal, even if it's just a silly little exhibition. Uh, As for the Futures team, on the plus side, we saw Franklin Perez uh, toss two scoreless innings. He didn't strike anyone out, but he also didn't give up any hits either. Adam said he was in the low 90s and touching 94 with his fastball and locating his off-speed stuff well, but there was some hard contact. Uh, we'll take it. Two scoreless, that's fine. Uh, and Daz Cameron looked good again, going one for three with a walk and a, and a couple of steals. Uh, he's looked good all spring, but unfortunately that was about it for the game. We also saw Brock Dethridge. He singled and stole a base, but he also struck out three times. Um, but the biggest negatives from the game kind of were from the pitchers who came in in relief. Anthony Castro is an interesting relief arm in the system. He's been a kind of a favorite of, of us at Tigestown for a long time, but he's about to turn 24 and he only has 10 innings above a ball. And uh, he was out there throwing hard. He, he uh, hit 98 on the gun, according to Adam. And he's throwing his breaking ball in the low 90 or low 80s. But he got roughed up for three runs, including a two-run shot by uh, Mikey Matuk. And then they brought in Gregory Soto, who has always had trouble throwing strikes, and he did again. He walked a couple guys. He hit a guy. He even, I mean, basically they had to call the mercy rule in one of the innings just to keep the game moving on. So he didn't actually get three outs in one inning. Uh, and when he did throw strikes, he got hit really hard. I think he gave up five hits and four earned runs and two and a third innings. And then they brought in John Schreiber, and he got hit around two. So it was just not a good day for three of their relief prospects. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, one of those things that's kind of painful to see. So speaking of things that are painful, uh, if you if you hang around with me, which might be painful to you, uh, you're going to hear me talk about three different things. One of them is hip-hop, one of them is baseball, and the other one is engorged appendages. So now's the time. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Listen up. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Uh, And just let me shoot from the hip here. I haven't tried BlueChew yet, but uh, when I do, I fully expect to be blown away. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It is for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They've made, they're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code MLB to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And once again, I thank you, thank them, and you, but I thank them for sponsoring the podcast, and I thank you for listening. Uh, so anyway, well, back to baseball. What we had was basically a group of prospects who performed rather poorly against the big league club. And I use the term big league club lightly because there was no Miguel Cabrera, there was no Nick Castellanos, there was no Jamer Candelario, and their regulars, uh, Kristen Stewart, Nico Goodrum, Grayson Griner, and Mikey Montuk, they each just got two plate 
appearances. Uh, so they were basically taking on prospects or older minor league veterans by the end of the game. And so this is when I want to touch on wins above replacement war, because I need to explain to everyone the overall quality of this Tigers club, and maybe quality is not the right word. But uh, so at the very basic level in baseball, there are only two stats that really matter, and those are runs and outs. And everything a player does to help his team score runs or prevent the other team from scoring runs, helping them make outs, has value. And all that war is, is an attempt to take all that value and, you know, the on-base ability, the ability to hit for power, the running ability, and the defensive ability, and you take all those numbers and you put them into one digestible number. Basically involves runs getting converted to wins, but all you need to know is war is a representation of players' value. And there's more to it involving positional adjustments and things like that but uh, we don't need to get into that right now. But basically, I brought that up because while I'm criticizing the quality of the team, I want to get to some numerical evidence to show you that why the quality is not so great. And, and to do so, I'll reference the site Fangraphs, which does a team positional breakdown before each season. Essentially, they look at the projected wins of our replacement totals for each team at every position, and then they rank them 1 to 30, with 1 being the best and 30 being the worst. And the Tigers have one position out of all the positions on the field where they rank better than 24th out of 30 this year, unless you count DH, where they rank rank 15th out of 15. And that one position is right field, by the way, where they rank 20th, uh, which is, you know, Nick Castellanos. So their best position this year is still in the bottom third of baseball. Now, war, again, takes into account defense and all that, so it's not a pure offensive measurement. But the point I'm getting to here is this wasn't some offensive juggernaut that these Tigers pitching prospects were facing today, and uh, they still got demolished. And so I don't want to get too negative here, but there's a lot of talk about the Tigers having an improved farm system, and for me, that mostly seems like PR. Now, they definitely have some talent and then they've got some good guys at the top and there's still decent depth but they don't have any truly elite players yet and a lot of that depth seems to come in the form of deeply flawed prospects like Gregory Soto and Brock Dethridge and Anthony Castro and so with that I want to talk about one more prospect uh, he didn't pitch today but I got a question about him from uh, listener Kyle Walney and, and Kyle Walney said with Fulmer's injury do you think the Tigers look at Alex Fayeto's mechanics ever since I saw Fayeto pitch at Florida I didn't like the Tigers taking him he has one major league level pitch and awful mechanics uh, so first, just some background on Alex Fido for people who might not know. He's a right-handed pitcher who the Tigers drafted 18th overall in 2017. And pretty much immediately after the draft, he went out in the College World Series and dominated. And it appeared the Tigers got a steal. You know, he's from the University of Florida, I should say. He was hitting 95 with his fastball, and he was getting tons of swings and misses with his slider. And he performed so well that despite being taken 18th overall in that draft, he was frequently ranked among the top 10 prospects after the season in that draft and in the top 100 prospects in baseball overall. And basically the popular theory at the time was that he fell to 18th in the draft because he performed poorly in the beginning of the year when scouts were really honing in on him because he had off-season knee surgery. And then he was finally healthy, and now the guy we saw in college at the end of the season was the real pitcher. And then last year happened. He was out there throwing 88 to 91 with an average slider and a below-average changeup, and all three pitchers were basically the same speed and the same velocity range, and it really bit him when he got to double-A Erie. He gave up 15 homers in 60 innings, which is just astronomical. And so back to Kyle's question, do I think the Tigers look at his mechanics? Um, well, first of all, for those who haven't seen him, Fado's mechanics really are pretty ugly. I'm not an expert on mechanics by any means, but he just doesn't look terribly athletic. He crouches a bit, and then he kind of slings the ball, and he doesn't appear to get great extension. And uh, all in all, you can kind of see why he had to have knee surgery already. And to Kyle's point about Fulmer, that does make an interesting corollary because Fulmer had multiple knee surgeries before finally tearing that elbow ligament. Uh, now, will the Tigers look at his mechanics? I, I happen to know that they already have looked at his mechanics. I was able to talk to Fayetto uh, at a media event this winter, and we talked a little bit about a bullpen session that he 
and Casey Mize did at Comerica in, in uh, conjunction with the University of Michigan, where they were all wired up uh, with, and this was part of the sports science department, and so they wired up to find out, you know, basically all their biomechanics and stuff like that. He wouldn't divulge exactly what they learned from that, but he did say it was about mechanics, among other things. Will they try to get him to change his mechanics? I don't think so. Uh, Paul Wesner from Tykestown was down in Lakeland for a Fado start, and he thought Fado was in better shape and, and hit 92, but he didn't mention anything about improved mechanics. And here's kind of the rub with mechanics. I, I'm far from an expert on this, like I said, but there's no one perfect way to throw. You look at somebody like Chris Sale and Max Scherzer, and you would never teach someone to throw like that, and yet they've been two of the most effective pitchers in baseball over the last decade or so, and, and in Scherzer's case, he's been one of the most uh, durable. I think he's got the most innings pitched over the last four or five years. Um, and I'm with you that, that I don't think Fado is terribly efficient with his delivery, but I worry about going in and really trying to completely change the way a pitcher has thrown his whole life. You know, there's the muscle memory involved, and, and pitching is kind of a complicated process involving the transfer of energy from the feet to the legs to the torso, up to the arm and shoulder, all that stuff. And it, they call it a kinetic chain. And, it, and one of those links in the chain gets weakened, bad things can happen. And there's definitely teams out there that, that are good at this. They can do things to help pitchers improve their mechanics, smooth out their delivery, get more uh, consistent, even throw harder. But uh, I'm not sure the Tigers are one of those teams quite yet. And uh, and, and again, like if you're messing with the guy's mechanics, it, things can get dicey. I, I remember hearing a story, and I don't know if this is true. I didn't look it up. But I, I heard a story about Frank Tanana, who I think most Tigers fans uh, under the age of 40 probably remember him, maybe under the age of 45, remember him mostly as a soft-tossing lefty uh, who was part of those teams in the late 80s. But when he first came up in the majors, he was a fireballer. He threw really hard, and I think he struck out 200-plus guys three or four times before he hit, like, 24. But the story I heard was a a new pitching coach came in and looked at him and said, hey, you throw across your body, and if you keep doing that, you're going to get hurt. So they changed his mechanics, and boom, he got hurt. And then basically he had to spend the rest of his career trying to get guys out with junk. And so, you know, I'm I'm also kind of convinced that that change is what got Fulmer this spring trying to change the way he pitches you know he had had all those those knee troubles and to lessen the strain on his knee they basically transferred that strain to his arm now I'm not you know placing blame totally on the Tigers but it's hard to change things that you've done for a long time and even if you don't know it you're going to put strain somewhere else try to regain that velocity so yeah it's getting back to Fado I think they should try some things but I I don't think they should tear him down completely just yet even though I agree he might need that uh but yeah thanks for the question Kyle I appreciate that I hope I answered your question. Uh, And yeah, that's it for the show today, Uh, Tuesday, March 26th. Thank you for listening. And tune in tomorrow when I talk about the Tigers' final spring training contest against the Rays, a game that should probably take about 45 minutes with all the batters swinging at the first pitch, trying not to get hurt. But uh, it'll be Matt Moore, I believe, against his former team, so that'll be something interesting. And it's on TV, so you could watch it or you could listen to this show. Uh, And I remind you, please, to rate and review these podcasts when you uh, get a chance. And again, uh, subscribe to them on Himalaya and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify and talk to your smart device. And please, like Kyle did, contact me at, at, on Twitter at, at LockedOnTigers or email me at Gmail uh, at LockedOnTigers at Gmail. And thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.